when we played in the Grey Cup, I knew we were winning the Grey Cup the first day we showed up at, at Grey Cup week. We went and practiced outside. It was like minus 10. And we went and practiced outside, and everyone was like in T-shirts and like like light hoodies. We're like, oh, wow, it's actually pretty warm. When Hamilton showed up, they went and practiced indoors, and they were all bundled up in hoodies. I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are screwed. <laughs> you guys are screwed. You are not even you're, – you're not even – going to be close to prepared for this cold weather the country 107 morning show with dave anthony all right i'm joined now with former blue bomber gray cup champion and i think he's just about the most excited person outside of the locker room for this game to finally be here john rush john is almost game day a game that matters how excited are you to watch the blue bombers in action Come on. you know it's 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 great it's, it's uh it's a lot it's gonna be a lot of fun to to watch some football that isn't, uh, you know, just kind of watching to see what other guys on the roster can kind of bring to the table. You know, watching football that actually is playing properly uh, and has a reason is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. There's a lot to the Bombers making some news. And I think we'll start with maybe the most important piece. Uh, Andrew Harris back practicing with the team. That's a really good sign heading into Sunday, right? Yeah. No, exactly. That's, uh, that's huge for the Bombers and uh, you know, it's it's huge for Andrew uh, being back, and it's just a, not even just like having him as a player, but just having him there practicing as a confidence boost for the rest of the guys. Like, can't be understated, right? Going into the game, knowing you you have all of your best players on that field is is massive for team morale and 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 the confidence of the other guys. So it's it's only going to elevate how the other guys play, which is kind of scary because they are already playing really, really good. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's amazing to have him back out there. Uh, a few other notes that have come up recently. Uh, they had closed-door practice. I mean, uh, that is, I think, the first time this year the Bombers done that. That's not a rarity, though, for the playoffs, right? Like you guys have closed practice before in, in years past, right? Uh, yeah, no, that, that's, not, that's not, like, odd at all. Um, to be honest, and it actually kind of surprises me that it took this long this year for them to do a closed-door practice. Like, I was saying, we used to do closed-door practices like once a week. Like every, like, every single week, we would have like one closed-door practice. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if there was like a different rule this year because everything went on, they wanted more media or something. But not not a rarity at all because, um, you know, plenty of people are on the field, what they're doing, Who's starting? If they're doing passes and uh, things like that, uh, it gives it gives like you know like there's no doubt that Saskatchewan's reading those reports and <laughs> and seeing who's who's playing, what their kind of game plan is, what they're like, what they're preparing for them, things like that. So all of it gives the other team a hint, right? Yeah. So they're trying to they're trying to limit that as much as possible. Yeah, it's funny that the reporters are just doing their job and they don't even think about that they're giving away pieces of the game plan. I hope they don't think that, but, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, the other team's paying attention and I'm sure the Bombers are paying attention to what Saskatchewan's reporters are saying about the team. Like, did you ever keep an eye on on that sort of stuff, playoff time, or, or did you not even care? You were just worried about yourself. Yeah, it wasn't really, like, it wasn't so much like players that were, like, keeping track of that stuff. It was more, like, coaches, um They'd have, like, assistants that would monitor it and things like that. So that, like, when when we are game planning, like, we kind of know who we're going against. 
and they can kind of like adjust accordingly. So it wasn't really so much like a player thing. We were kind of just like, you know, whatever the coaches tell us, we're going to, that's what we're going to go with. Um, so that was kind of like, we were just trying to do like our best. Cause especially at, at playoff time, like you've been playing football for like in a, in a regular season, um, you know, you've been playing football for over six months with, with training camp, you know, you're over 20 games deep at that time. Like it's like your body's a wreck. You're, you're exhausted. You just, <laughs> to be quite frank, you just want the season to be over. You want to win a great cup, but you just, you just want to like, want it to be the great cup already. So you, there's not much. You're just trying to basically stay afloat, keep your body rested uh, and ready to go for the game because it's not a, it's not a great time of year. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, everything hurts. <laughs> that is awesome. There's a lot to, to get to with this game. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the fans a little bit later on. I want to talk about how the conditions may impact the game. I also, we're going to get your playoff X factor and what concerns you the most. Like what is, what has got a little fear in your heart when it comes to the Winnipeg blue bombers before all that though, as we get ready for Sunday's game uh, for the players, John, you've been in their shoes. Uh, you, you, they haven't really played meaningful football in what five five weeks, six weeks. How do you crank it back up for a, for a playoff game? Like how how do players mentally prepare for what's coming their way Sunday after kind of having the last couple of weeks to to kind of just maybe tone it down a bit? Yeah, you know what? That's a great question. It's one that a lot of people and a lot of teams struggle with all the time, um, especially like. You know, we've had we've had years where we had like a bye week, the last week of the season, um, and it was kind of like it was kind of a, a mess because um, because we might have had the first week by that year, but we ended up having it. But, uh, we're on like we're on pace for it, and and so like there's a lot of management because there's so many there's so much like data behind guys taking time off and then coming back and losing. So, you know, it's it's a, a huge management thing. And, you know, one of the one of the biggest things and one of the most important things is having a process established early mm-hmm. in the season that you can just easily replicate throughout the season. So that you're, you're kind of always doing the same thing. If you're always doing that process and it's kind of, you know, how we were talking before this call about uh, me, us, like, me sleeping you know, go to bed late. It's kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, you have a process of going to bed and wake up early. It's easy, you know? But if you don't have a process, all of a sudden, you up at 6 a.m., it's going to suck. Like, <laughs> yeah, you might, be, you, you might do it, but it's going to suck, right? Yeah. But if you have that process in place where, you know, every every night you, you start to unwind at, you know, 10, and then you read a book for half an hour, and then you go to bed, waking up at 6 a.m., yeah, it might not be great for people that don't like waking up early, but it's a lot easier, right? So it, it's kind of the same thing that in sports. It's just a lot of people and a lot of teams aren't able to establish a process early and then come playoff times, they're like, okay, now we really got to dial it in. It's just like, no, it's too late. You guys screwed yourself. Like, you know, um, and, that's, and that's one of the things that the, the Bombers do so well is they've been doing this process for four years <laughs> or five years, like, they, it's, it's not like they're just implementing it. They like O'Shea, guys and Anna, like, guys so like guys. He's ten steps ahead of everybody. Like 
this process has been implemented for four, four or five years now. Like, so, um, you know, it's, it's tough, but I, like, I'm confident that they, you know, they're all in that right space to kind of ramp it back up. Yeah, like I uh, I keep hearing the phrase championship habits, and I I really believe in that. Like if you if you have habits throughout the year, you'll be just fine come crunch time, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. If you like, you know, it, it's uh, we always talk about how it's a repeatable process. Yep. And and that like you don't you don't just you don't just get to the Grey Cup and and start you know, acting like a great cup champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's not how it works. Right? No long way to go before they get even to that game. Cause Saskatchewan's exactly. not going to just roll over. They want, they want to get there too, just as bad. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. exactly. So it'll be uh it'll be a good game. That's for sure. All right. Uh, talking with John rush here, John playoff X factors. I mean, uh, there's an X factor every single game. And, and of course in the playoffs, it's a bit magnified. Uh, who is your Winnipeg Blue Bomber playoff X factor that's going to have, you know, need to have a positive impact on this game if Winnipeg wants to make it through? Yeah, that's it's an interesting question because you know, especially because you know, football is such a team sport that you're kind of like, well, you know, everyone needs to have a good game, right? Yeah, um, but. But I mean, as we kind of saw in the past couple of weeks with these, you know, quote unquote meaningless games, you know, it's 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 pretty obvious that you know Zach Caleros uh, needs to have that, you know, needs to be that guy. You know, we need him to be that guy. And like, do I have any doubt that he's going to be that guy? Absolutely not. He's been that guy all every single game all year. Yeah. Right. But you know, as far as X factor goes, like. We need we need to keep him one on his feet and healthy, and two, we need to and we need to establish a run game. You know, we saw our boy Johnny a couple weeks ago, you know, rip it off, and it made like we you, when you see when you when a running back run for a hundred yards in the first half, you see how much easier it is for an offense to to do their thing. Like it's just like. Oh yeah, we're just gonna give it to Johnny. He's gonna get his first down. Yeah. Like, do you know how? Like, do you know how much easier it is to game like plan as a coach? Do you know how much stress and pressure that takes off the quarterback not having to throw uh, a second and long every single second down? Yep. Things like that. It it's it's huge. So you know, obviously we need Zach to have a good game because it's Zach. But at the same time, we really need to establish that run game. We need to establish it early. Because that's gonna, you know, that's gonna alleviate all of the other problems. Yeah, you said it was an interesting question. You could just flat out say that's a stupid question because, like, <laughs> and, and having you're right. There's no just one single X factor. You go from, of course, it's the quarterback. He has the ball in his hands the most, and he dictates the game. But like you said, the running back. You know, you control the clock. You control how long the defense is out there running around when you control the ball. And on the defensive side, your goal is to get the ball away from the offense as quick as possible, right? Because you want to be as off the field as much as possible. So there's like not just one X factor. It all kind of bleeds into each other. And, and that's kind of what keeps a football team close. And that's why, you know, you see a lot of guys always celebrating each other on the sidelines. And I just think like that is such a cool thing how, you know, they can play such vastly different positions yet be so close between the offense and the defense. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like we we spend so much time together, and we all understand how <laughs> how hard we're working and how hard this sport is. It's yeah. not like you know, like I always love, I always, I always think it's hilarious seeing these people on Twitter and and, and in the media like bashing guys and, and, and talking. You know, talking smack about these guys, and I'm like, like, bro, you're sitting on your couch. Like, shut <laughs> up. Like, you could not you run that on. route if you were in a car. You could not drive like, as fast as that guy is going. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm just like, you have no idea. They're like, they're like, oh, you should have done this. It's like, bro, <laughs> like, you've never been in that position. I have. I've literally played wide receiver. I know what it's like to run that route. It sucks. Yeah. Dude. Like you know you're no getting way. hit. Like you, you're yeah, if you get the ball, you are get you there's like five other guys that want to murder you to get that ball back. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then people will be like, oh like yeah but you're, you're a professional. You get paid to do that. But it's just like yeah so we're still human man. Like, <laughs> like whatever like it happens. But so you know it's it's always funny to to hear people kind of talking about that. Um but like that's the thing about the guys on the team is we understand it. Like, yeah. even if you don't play that position, you understand, like, uh, like uh, even as a linebacker, like, when I watch wide receivers have to run those routes, I'm like, man, that sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, I can see how that would suck. Yeah, I saw you take that hit. That looks like it hurt. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm I'm there too. And, like, and we go through training camp together, and we're doing those 18, 20-hour days together. And, you know what I mean? Like, even if we're not playing the same position, like, you know, sometimes, especially in the CFL, I always think it's funny when people are like, yeah, but you guys are pro athletes. It's like, yeah, but you make more money than us. Like, we're not making that much money in the CFL, right? Like, it's sweet. Don't get me wrong. I love playing in the CFL. It's, you know, one of the greatest experiences of my life. But, like, we're, we're sacrificing our body for, like, a, the median salary in Canada. Yeah. And, yep. and, you know, cause so so guys in the the, the room, they're, they kind of get that. You're, you're playing for the love of the game. Yeah. So there's, like, a really – there's, like, a tight brotherhood – where where guys kind of get that that you're all just kind of in it for each other basically you're not you're not in it for the money because there is not <laughs> so you're all you're all just in it for each other so it's like this really tight brother because and it, and like it's funny because we're close with guys on other teams too like you know like I, I, all these fans want us to hate everyone else and like for the most part we're not like really close with anybody on like Saskatchewan let's say. But I had friends on like the Argos. I had friends on the Red Blacks. I had friends on the Stampeder. If I'm BC, I was literally I was literally messaging uh, Dave Matthews of BC Lions yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we're all in it together. Like we're we're all doing this together. We don't hate each other. We're all like we all want to support each other and each other do well. Sure, but when you're going head to head against each other, then it's that's different for 40 minutes. Yeah. But you can still respect and like each other after the game, right? Exactly. It's not I mean, like the '80s where you would, uh, you know, you guys run each run across each other in a bar, and there's a big dust up, or there's bottles being thrown across the way because <laughs> you wandered into the wrong place. It doesn't. It's not like that anymore. No, no. It's that's just like that's exactly it. It's just like we we don't do those things. Like no. it's just like man, we we get it. It's not, you know, it's not the most glamorous. Yeah. So we're all just kind of we're all just trying to get through it together. So like that's why it's such a tight brotherhood. Sure, and I mean, like I think anybody can kind of relate to that because. You would say, oh, uh, you know, some some fans would say, oh, you know, they're all friends, so they're not trying hard against each other. Uh, no, have you ever gone head with a buddy of yours? You want to beat him so badly, you just want to beat him to the ground. So yeah, people, I think, whether you're a football player or not, can kind of relate to that. And if uh, you know, if it gives you the extra drive, I mean, what the hell? Why not, right? Well, exactly, and like, but also, like, 
know, this is like this is our job too. Yeah. Like, like well, yeah. if I don't perform well, then they're going to fire me. Right. And that's, and that's the thing in the CFL is there's no guaranteed contracts. You know, O'Shea doesn't get that much money across me. Like, no, John, why did you not demolish or why didn't you block this guy? He went and won. Like, yeah. you know, like it's like that's not how sports works. Like, you like you still play. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still play. You still go hard. Uh, just because your buddy's in the field, like it's, yeah, like it's some people are just some people are funny. I know, and like you said, it's not guaranteed. Like it's day to day with with CFL players. Like you can have a job one day, and even if you you know even if you're playing well, you could very be very easily out of a job the next day. Like even something at practice, right? Like you have to be on at all times throughout the season, right? Hundred percent. Well, I mean, I think I always, you know, for me it was always nerve wracking because. I was on a team with such amazing players. Like, I was on a team with Andrew Harris, Mike Miller, uh, you know, Stanley Yoshi, all these guys. And I'm like, Andrew Harris got cut from the BC Lions. You know, Mike Miller got cut from Edmonton Eskimos. You know, Yoshi got cut from BC. Like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, these are literally all basically, you know, and Harris and Miller are both twins for the Hall of Fame. And they got cut. Like, <laughs> Um, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, bro. Like, I'm like a stretching fullback. <laughs> like, like, so always, like, you're always stretched. You're like, you know, I miss football greatly. Like, I love playing football. I love. Uh, you know, I played it for 17 straight years. It, but the stress of being a professional athlete, especially in the CFL, where it's not guaranteed and you don't really make enough that if you play one game, you can kind of coast on it for the year. That it it was, you know, it was a lot. You know, it's, it, I, and I don't think a lot of a lot of people understand that it like a lot of these guys have you know wives, kids, families that they they need to support, and there's a lot of stress. Oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of stress involved. You know what? We're gonna go down that road because I think you're pro you were probably the least stressed out on game day, like because you knew you were playing, you knew you were safe, your job was safe. Every other day, you got to worry about what you're doing on the field, off the field. You got to be on your Obviously, on your best behavior because you want to be an outstanding citizen. But if you get any into any trouble off the field, you were in a position where you were, w- with all due respect, a little easily expendable, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh, that's like that's uh, kind of exactly what it was. And so you're you're like on game day, you're chilling because you know you're getting paid that week. <laughs> if, you, if you if you walk into the stadium, you're suited up for that for that game. You don't need, you play zero you play zero plays day. They might cut you. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> so, but like, so you're 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 chilling on game day. You're like, like not chilling. Like you're, you're you're a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Like, okay. At least I'm getting paid this week. Uh, but yeah. But like exactly what you said. Like the rest of the week, and which is, which is typically why you won't really see many guys out and about doing a lot of things around the city. Is because they're just one tired. You know, like I said, these guys just are tired. Yeah. But two. It just like all it takes is one person to be like, oh, why are the you know why are the blue bombers out doing this you know three days before the game and then it's a bad look. Yeah, or they get like into a fender bender or they knock something over at Costco and somebody's got their phone out and just captures like ten seconds of it, right? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's just like that's exactly it. Like, so you you really won't see too many guys out and about doing too much. Uh, throughout the season, like for those exact reasons, it just you know, it's just there's a lot more 
it's possibilities yeah. that something's going to go wrong. A lot more can go wrong than can go right. I mean, and, and exactly. you know, I've, I've met a few of uh, bombers, you know, like in Walmart or, or grocery shopping. And, you know, you just you smile and you nod and you just go about your business and and they're always very approachable. Always, uh, everybody's talking about the CFL appropriate times, but you know they're they're just people too, trying to live their lives. You know, what it you know, I take care of some stuff. I'm sure. Uh, you know, a lot of fans have got the mindset as well that they want to take care of making sure that building is rocking. John, we talked about it before, but when that place, when that building, with all those Blue Bomber fans, when they're hyped up and standing, is there any better feeling in the world than when those fans are cheering for you? I uh, here, here's a fun story. So, uh, in my first game as a bomber, I was on kickoff, and uh, I was running down the field right before. We were, getting, we were getting the crowd really into it as a sold-out game. Uh, it was so loud that I blacked out. <laughs> I literally I, I literally blacked out. Like, I, I ended up running down the field, and, and I, I didn't make the tackle, but I remember seeing it on film the next day, and I'm like, I don't remember doing that, <laughs> like, like at all. I do not remember this. Like, um, I was like, and I really, like, I vividly remember, like, just like right before it happening, being like, man, I can't even think to myself right now. Like, this is, this is insane how loud it is, and like, you know how they they prep for the games. Right? They on the loudspeaker they play jet engines, so it's gonna be. Uh, we just won it two ways. So because Saskatchewan's coming here, we play uh, jet engines over the speakers in the stadium at max volume. I feel I, I feel terrible for these weeks for the people that live within the vicinity because it must just be an absolute nightmare for them. But um, also while the while the starting defense is out on the field practicing and like going through kind of their game plan, we play jet engines so that they can prep for the crowd and how loud the crowd is going to be. Because that's um, because that's how loud they are. They're as loud as being basically like ten feet away from a jet engine, which is an absolutely absurd stat. <laughs> it's, just, it's absolutely bonkers how loud the crowd is. Uh, and and on defense, it's super awesome because you can feed off that energy. But on offense, it absolutely sucks. So like when so when we go to when we go to like say we were going to Saskatchewan, yeah. it would be the opposite where we'd be playing the uh, jet engine while the offense was on the field oh, practicing. That must because, just be miserable for the quarterback. Oh, oh, it you have no idea. It it's miserable for everybody. <laughs> your your helmet to helmet with a dude yelling in his ear. And you just see him looking at you like I like I cannot hear you. Like it, it, there's no, absolutely no worse feeling than screaming at a dude uh, and him just looking at you like you're a lunatic and he, <laughs> I, like like he just you he just cannot hear each other. You're just like oh, this is great. This is great. You're, you're, <laughs> this and then is... you're just like, well, we, like none of us know what we're like what the play is. Yeah. Like, hopefully this works out. This is gonna so, end like, well. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 like, it, it literally can't be understated, like, how how much the crowd factors in. Like, it, there, there is a literal home field advantage. Like, uh, like sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, especially, like, in BC, it's just like, yeah, you know, does BC really have a home field advantage? Like, not really. Like, you know, like, the only home field advantage it would really have over any other team is the time zone difference. But other than that, like, 
you know, like it's not hard to play in BC. It's actually pretty, it's pretty, like, it's pretty chill. Um, it's a great, great stadium. I love that stadium. Just, you know, it's the fans. There's, they don't have many fans that come to games, but like there's a literal home field advantage. Like, a, like it's crazy. It's crazy how much it actually plays in. And it, it, like, it can't be understated how much, like how much of an effect that the fans literally have on the outcomes of games. Sorry, my dog's working in the background. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's a really good point. And I mean the fans are just so loud on Sunday. They're gonna be going absolutely crazy. And when you were playing, did you keep an eye on the weather reports? Like did you have a have a sense of what it was gonna be weather wise from week to week, especially around this time of year? Uh yeah. Like yeah, definitely. Because you, you wanted to you wanted to like make sure you're kinda like prepping for the your body for the game. Like, and you, you want to know what you're going to put on and what you're going to wear. So you try and like, you try and, uh, kind of like practice in that all week. Oh yeah. So, uh, so that when it comes game time, you're kind of accustomed to it. Right. So, you know, if it's going to be, uh, if it's going to be super rainy or something like that, you don't want to, you don't want to put on like thick layers yeah. because the thick layers are going to retain the water and, um, and then weigh you down, right. Got to your body. And uh, one of one of O'Shea's favorite stats to kind of give out uh, was if you put uh, a one pound weight on a, a racehorse, that racehorse will lose the race ten times out of ten. Uh, so, so that was kind of like his reasoning, and you know he would always talk about it, especially in those games. You know, you want to try not to way down as much as you know possible and and for example uh if it if the, if the field is going to be like um super icy or something like that uh we switch cleats to a to a different cleat yep. that is heavier but it grips the ground more um so you you want to practice uh, all week in those cleats to get accustomed to them because they're they're vastly different than like the normal cleats we normally wear so uh, so yeah so we keep a pretty we keep a pretty close eye on on the weather reports to make sure you know we're we're wearing the right stuff during practice week. So come game time, we're kind of we're kind of ready and in it. Snow and wind expected for Sunday. Minus five is the high, and uh, the wind chill will probably be a factor as well. Uh, how do you think the bombers and the riders? You know, how do you think that they'll be given the the weather conditions we're expecting for Sunday night's game or Sunday afternoon's game? I should say. You know what? It, it's kind of interesting this year because they like they've been so fortunate with weather like all year. Like my first two years, like we we literally I was a part of those like those rain games where they literally got rained out for um, like fifteen hours. Yeah, I remember the lightning like, game or whatever. Yeah. And that was insane. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then we came out and the field was literally flooded. Um, <laughs> And and then like later in the season, I remember it was my rookie year, um, and rookies aren't allowed to wear sleeves. So I uh, we were playing Calgary. It was the you know, October twenty fourth, day before my birthday, and uh, it was minus twenty five in Calgary, and I couldn't wear sleeves. There's a picture on my Instagram of it. I couldn't wear sleeves, and um, probably one of the most painful games I've ever played in my entire life. It sucked, but uh, but you. 
you know, like the Bombers, like no one has. No one in the CFL has had to do that this year. The weather's been, yesterday was, yesterday or two days ago, it was like five degrees. Like, yeah. what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, no one's kind of had to play with that weather this year. So this will actually be like the first really cold game of the year. Um, that being said, Saskatchewan and Winnipeg are the two teams that are pretty much best equipped for it. Yeah. So I don't really think it'll have that much effect. on the like. Conversely, when we played in the Grey Cup, I knew we were winning the Grey Cup the first day we showed up at, at Grey Cup week. We went and practiced outside. It was like minus ten, and we went and practiced outside, and everyone was like in t-shirts and like like light hoodies. We're like, oh wow, it's actually pretty warm because it had been it had been like minus twenty five in Winnipeg for the past couple of weeks. And uh, when Hamilton showed up, they went and practiced indoors and they were all bundled up in hoodies. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys are screwed. <laughs> you guys are screwed. You are not even, you're, you're not even going to be close to prepared for this cold weather. Like, you know, I, I, as soon as that happened, I'm like, yeah, we're winning this game. And, uh, it, so it plays, it plays a huge factor in the East teams because they, they generally, you know, like generally speaking, most of the time, you know, we've been enduring this, this, this type of weather for, you know, like at least a month now. Yep. Uh, and out east, they don't have to endure it at all, not even until the Grey Cup, uh, if, if the Grey Cup's out there. But if the Grey Cup's out here, they get screwed. So, oh, yeah. uh, so it'll be interesting. I don't think it'll have that much of an effect on these two teams, uh, other, than, other than the fact that it's the first actual cold game they're going to have to play this year. Yeah, fans will fans will suck it up too. Thirty thousand plus screaming maniacs in blue, and I'm sure there'll be some rider fans that make it too. It's going to be an insane atmosphere, and you know, there's something about uh, football, and you know, I'm I'm picturing snow, almost like a, a snow globe. It, it's going to be a beautiful setting. You're actually going to be in the crowd, right? Yeah, no, I I'll be in the crowd. I'll, I think I'll be a couple minutes late because uh, uh, we have that Santa Paws uh, fundraiser photo shoot right before, so. Um, so I'll be uh, I'll be a few minutes late to the game, but uh, I'm going to see if I can uh, if I can show up in uh, in my Santa outfit. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to do yeah. that. So I'm going to see. It's not my Santa outfit. It's the, it's the rescue. So I'm going to I'm going to chat with them while I'm there and see if I can wear it and, and return it after uh, and see. But yeah, it'll be. Uh, I'll be in that crowd cheering on, cheering them on too. So it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. You know what? You gotta you gotta tell them that you'll wear their T-shirt underneath, and when the camera comes to to film you, because you know that they will, you just oh, pull exactly, the Santa yeah. suit open to the rescue T-shirt there. So it's like a free plug. Tell them you tell them you'll do that. Yeah. No. Exactly. There. It's just free free advertising. Free advertising. Look at that. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get into some predictions here in just a couple of moments. But I do want to ask one more thing before we transition into that. Uh, what area of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers concerns you the most heading into Sunday afternoon's game at home? Is there an area of concern, or are you just like too confident going into that game? Um, I wouldn't say I'm too confident. Uh, I think the only real area of concern would kind of be like you know, like the, you the know, the fans game. are thinking kicking, right? Yeah, the fans are thinking kicking. I thought really. That's not really like I, I understand why the fans would be thinking kicking, especially after watching Calgary. Like anybody that wants to blame Calgary's kicker for losing that game, he absolutely did not lose that game. That was one hundred percent on Bo Levi Mitchell, and I will argue that until my grave. Bo Levi Mitchell 
like lost that game in so many different instances. It's insane. So did Cody Fajardo, um, though. Like they both tried oh, to go oh, out of their oh way to God. lose that game. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like no doubt about it. Like it was like it, they they both you know butchered the game. Yeah. So like anytime I see someone blaming the Calgary's kicker, it's like absolutely not. Not not to mention that um, right before he kicked, Bo Levi put him like 15 yards back. Like he, he got sacked right before he kicked, and I'm like, bro, why would like throw the ball away to yep. put your kicker in a better position? Like that's like QB that's like QB game management 101. Yep. You just sewered your kicker by putting him back 15 more yards. And, then, and lo and behold, he misses the kick because it's like it's going, it went from like a 37-yard kick to like an almost 50-yard kick. Like, come on, dude! Like, what are you doing? So like, fans would so, kind of point towards the kicker. Would the guys in the locker room though know that that's that's on Bo and he should have uh, he should have thrown that away? Is that something the guys in the locker room would pick up then? Oh yeah, like yeah. No, like no one would really blame the kicker yeah. that that much. No no one's really going to say anything to Bo either because he's the quarterback. Yeah, Bo. So. So guys are just kind of, kind of like, you know, take it on the chin at that point because you're just like, you know, what, what else are you gonna do? Like, yeah. you know, if it, if it was like the, a running back that did it, like that tried to like dance around and lost 15 yards, oh, like there would be, like there, there would be words. Yeah, like, there would be words had, right? But you know, no one's really gonna say much to Bo uh, or the kicker, really. Yeah, because that's, uh, you know, they're they're really important positions that you, they. He kind of know, and especially a guy like Bo. Like he kind of he kind of knows what he did. Like yeah. he's 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 not that dumb. Uh, it's just sometimes when you're in the moment, he was just trying to be a hero because you know that's that's who Bo is. So you know uh, the guys in the locker room aren't aren't blaming blaming either of those guys really, but you know they they kind of know that he should have thrown that one away, put the kicker in a better position. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, what concerns you for the Bombers heading into Sunday? It's you know, mainly just kind of like what we talked about earlier. It's like our, you know, our X factors are definitely, obviously, you know, like quarterback, running back, but like the 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 running back position, like you know, like Harris is back at practice, but like is like is he going to start? Is he going to be at a hundred percent? What's going to happen if he's not at a hundred percent? Who's going in? You know, you got two pretty inexperienced guys. Uh, back there that haven't played starting running back uh, in an important playoff game before, you know, like, it's, you know, you know, I love Johnny, you know, you know, Johnny's my boy. Yeah. And I love that he, he ripped off hundred yards in the first half lap last game. But again, sick. You did that in a meaningless game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or, like this is do or die. I think you'd it's, love to see, you'd love to see Johnny get in this game. You would not love 100%. to see him start this game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's it's kind of just like, you know, so, you know, I, it, it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll just be, you know, that, that's the position where I'm kind of like, especially because especially it's going to be a cold game. With, like if it's, you know, it's my, it's a high of minus five, but it doesn't start to like three, which is basically when the sun sets now. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it's not going to be the high. It's going to be closer to the low plus wind chill. So, you know, we're looking at minus 10 easy. Um, that like that's hard to establish a path game. 
So you need to establish the run game. Yeah. Like that is, you know, that is, like playoff football one on one, regardless of the weather, is established the, the the run game. But it's even more paramount when when the weather is super cold because it's even harder to establish a, a pass game at that point. So that's kind of the position where I'm like, there's there's just so many unknowns at this point where you're kind of like, oh man, like I don't know what's gonna happen here. Like this is, you know, like I I'm not sure. Yeah. If this is going to kind of like, like, and, and like we said, it's super important this game. So, you know, it, it, it'll be, it'll, like, that'll be a, a, the position to watch, really. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before we get into retweet or delete and get into what you've been doing on social media, because again, boy, oh boy, your, your life is just something else that you, uh, that you live over there. Uh, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, who do you like coming out of that game and what's your score? You know, especially after watching, uh, last game, and you know I've talked about it before. The the problem, the real problem with Saskatchewan is you just never know what team you're going to get. The the last game was not the Saskatchewan Rough Riders we'd seen all season, right? Yeah. Like Fajardo looked like poop. Like uh, like just to put it kind of uh, PG for the for the radio, he looked terrible. <laughs> like yeah. he, like he was. <laughs> throwing the most ridiculous passes. They were dying uh, quails all over that field. It it was just it was just bad. Yeah. You know, like it was just it was embarrassing. Um but that's not like you know, like we've seen we've literally played against Rajardo where he's thrown three hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns. Like <laughs> we know Fajardo can do that, right? So um, the biggest, like the biggest opponent against Saskatchewan, I think, is consistency. Like the Bombers are one thing; consistency is the bigger battle. Well, a hundred percent consistency <laughs> in themselves. They just, yeah. they just shoot themselves. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it, you just, you just never know with Saskatchewan. <laughs> so it makes it like impossible to actually, like, actually, like, kind of bet for, like when they're playing. Cause you're just like, <laughs> bro, I have no idea who is going to show up this game, but. Uh, but even that being said, I do I do firmly believe the the Blue Bombers are the significantly better team. They're more disciplined. Yep. Uh, which you know we talk about all the time. Like like how many bad penalties does Saskatchewan take last game that kept their kept like Calgary uh, in scoring drives and in scoring positions uh, and things like that. You know what I mean? So um, you know the Rough Riders. I'm pretty sure are the most penalized team in the league, or or Montreal is than Saskatchewan. Um, and then the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the least. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders throw uh, or you know lose the ball the most times. They you know they 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 have the le- most amount of turnovers. The, the Blue Bombers have the least. Uh, you know I'm not you know and you know I'm not a big stats guy, but those two stats are pretty important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are the, if you're going to focus on any stats on a football team, those are the stats you want to focus on. And. Uh, so, you know, you, you don't know who you're going to get with Saskatchewan, uh, and that's kind of the beauty of playoff football is it's one and done. You've got to show up, and, you know, that's that's what it is. So, like, we'll see who we get with them. Uh, but, you know, all in all, I firmly believe that the, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to take this game. And to be honest, I think it's going to be, like, you know, 28 to, like, 13. Because yeah. I think it's going to be I, – I, I think I think the if the Blue Bombers implement their plan – and execute it accordingly. They should have no problem yeah. walking over these guys. Yeah, like that, it should like, be in control almost by halftime. Like you would imagine, exactly. you know, like a fir- the first couple plays out of the end th- of the third quarter to kill any hope that Saskatchewan would have of mounting a comeback, and then 
they should just be able to just walk from there, I would imagine. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's exactly it. And, and that's like, but like I said, you know, that's the beauty of playoff football, right? Like you just, there, there's, you got to show up, yep. right? It, it's not the regular season. It's not the best of seven like the NHL. Uh, you got to show up. Yep. So wh- whichever team shows up, you know, it's the team that takes it. But, you know, if, if on paper, looking at this team on paper, you know, it's pretty clear that the, uh, you know, the Blue Bombers, are going to take this game, yeah. you know. And, and, if, if both uh, teams are playing their best, the Bombers are better. Exactly, Yeah. exactly, right? That's that, that's exactly it. And even if the Bombers aren't playing their best and the Rough Riders are, you know, I, I still take the Bombers. Yeah, it's, it's still a little bit better odds than a coin flip that the Bombers exactly, win that game. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, but, like, crazier things have happened. In oh, football, yeah. You know, the 9-9 the, the nine nine Toronto Argos, you know, winning the Grey Cup and back in twenty. Uh, 2017 or 2018, or yeah, it was 2017. Yeah, like you know, no one, no one was betting on them. No, no one, right? So you know, it you know, can't be a, it can't be a huge upset unless there's a huge favorite. Exactly. So right? so yeah. so so you know, like I, I I take the bombers, but you know they they that's the thing. Like you got to show up and do the work, yeah. right? That's like that's that's sports, right? You you can't just oh yeah, we're the better team on paper, so you know we won. Great. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you got to show up, and you you still got to punch them in the mouth. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like you can't just you can't just be like, "Hey, we're better on paper," right? It's like, no, you still got to do the work, and that's uh, I have no doubt in my mind that the Blue Bombers are going to do that. But like, that's just you know that that is still something they have to do, right? Yeah, uh, I wish we had more time to break down the matchup because we, we're going to be uh, cutting it short here in a couple of minutes. But I do want to I do want to ask, who do you got coming out of the East, Toronto or Hamilton? Uh, you know, it's actually interesting because I did not think Hamilton was the better team that should have won. And so this is exactly what I mean uh, from our last, uh, you know, like what I was just saying. I didn't think Hamilton was the better team against Montreal-Hamilton. Right. I very much thought Montreal should have won that game, except for the fact that they just kept screwing themselves. They just kept screwing themselves um, on penalties, on on turnovers, like if you look at look go, like go back, you know anyone listening, go back and look at um, Hamilton's quarterback uh, stats or Hamilton's offensive stats for the game. Like into the third quarter, like Mazzoli had like a hundred yards passing or something like that. It was like insane. They didn't. I don't even think they broke a hundred yards rushing. Like they were not like the offense. Hamilton's offense was doing nothing. Like they were not doing anything. It, like and and I'm pretty sure Trevor Harris by like the third quarter has like 300 yards passing, but he just like they just kept throwing picks and getting fumbles and getting terrible penalties, and I'm just like I'm like bro, what are you guys doing? <laughs> just to go like, over the stats, like they Montreal yeah. led in every category: uh, first downs, total yards by almost 200, passing yards by almost 200. Uh, they also yeah. let in turnovers five to one and penalties. They took twelve for a hundred and fifteen yards. You do exactly. not win a football game in the playoffs no. or the regular season with one hundred and fifteen yards and penalties. No, and and that's exactly it, right? So, so it, and to me, the most shocking stat of, of it was that Hamilton got five turnovers and still only managed to beat them by like ten points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where I'm like. Bro, you guys should have been killing these guys. Like, yeah, you should have been like five turnovers. You give you give uh, Zach Caleros five turnovers. 
not good. <laughs> no, you're not you're horrible. losing by a potentially massive amount. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, we're putting in Sean McGuire for the, the next three. Okay? Yeah. Because yeah. we're, cause we're good. It's, you know? Yeah. It, you're you're in the 30s or 40s and McGuire's coming in. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, so that was like the most glaring stat. And, and, you know, and, that, and that's just another reason I hate stats so much. You know, Montreal had amazing stats minus the turnover. You know, you look at Trevor Harris's passing yards, he looked like a superstar. Um, but you look at everything else, and he kind of sucked, right? So, uh, you know, stats can be very misleading sometimes. So uh, I, I think i got to take the Toronto Argos here. Cause I really don't think Hamilton looked good, like, at all uh, during, like, during that game. I was like, man, like, this is kind of, like, not embarrassing, but I'm like, man, like, you guys aren't doing very good here. Like, you're kind of just getting through. You're kind of just doing the bare minimum to kind of win this game. But like you're actually like this is like this is actually you trying very hard. So I'm like kind of like yeah, you guys aren't you guys aren't doing a lot here. So it's it's not wowing me. So I, I got I got Toronto winning this game. Toronto Winnipeg is your prediction for the Grey Cup. That would be a really really good game. Uh, John, I know we have a we're a little tight for time. We do have a couple more minutes, so we'll just jump into a quick version of retweet or delete because uh, I know that people do want to get an update on your latte art. You've been putting effort in, and you're slowly getting better. Do you feel more confident when you do your latte art nowadays? Uh, absolutely not. I actually <laughs> somehow feel less confident the more I do it. Um, <laughs> I like that it's coming. With, I like that it's coming with pictures now, though, so you can kind of see what you were going for and how disastrous it ended up. I think you know. I think the best part about it is like it's that, like it's like the Rocher test there that like you know um, everyone's like, no, this is what I see, and I'm like, and then it's kind of it's kind of interesting seeing how other people's brains work because I'm like, oh, I didn't actually see that. Like, there's some people, you know, a lot of people are saying that it looks like uh, very phallic, but um, obviously, but there some some of the, some of the times people are coming out with like actual like draw like people are like drawing on it. And <laughs> yeah, being, like, I love no, that. No, no, see, like here's Here's like the outline of uh, one person was like, it's a cat eating a donut. And I'm like, <laughs> and then when they outlined it, I was just like, I was like, oh, that's like, I, I, I see it now. I'm yeah. Like, like, but how do you look at it and see it originally is the question. Well, it, well, it, exactly. <laughs> right. That's like uh, where I'm like, you know, like who thinks of that? And so it, it, it's been kind of this like little fun experiment about like how people's brains work. And, you know, um, I didn't mean for that to happen, but like it, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and, and people seem to be enjoying it, so that's, I always love that. That is great. Two more. Uh, retweet or delete at JohnRush32 on Twitter. Do you pronounce the L in calm? That got a lot of response. What did you end up figuring out? Is it calm or calm? I, 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 I'm still unsure, to be honest. Uh, I, like, people, people are like, like, it should be an H. It shouldn't be an L. It should, yeah. be, it should, be, it should be calm, like calm. Yeah, like C A H M. You know what I mean? Like there, there shouldn't be an L. Is what kind of what I got from it. The more you say uh, it, the less sense it makes. Exactly. Well, exactly yeah. right. Like calm. Like calm. <laughs> you know, like who says calm? Like it just it's you're like wait what? No, that doesn't make sense. Like and everyone's like oh it's a silent L. I'm like bro, what? It, it, at zero times in my English class did my teacher ever even allude to the fact that there's such thing as a silent L. Like, don't even, don't even come at me with this right now. Like, someone screwed up like a hundred years ago writing this name or the, writing this like word, and they just never fixed it. And now it's just kind of part of society. But like, you know what? I'm here to say that it's stupid. Okay, 
it should be spelled differently. There you go. Uh, last one, and we'll close out. Uh, vegan chocolate Oreo cheesecake. How is your oven, and have you given up baking forever? <laughs> uh, um, the oven's in rough shape. It's actually hilarious because I uh, I forgot the next day. I, I had forgotten that I made such an absolute disaster of my oven uh, and then decided to make a roast in it. And then, like, I turned it on and I put it in. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm like, why does it smell like something sweet's burning? And I'm like, oh, man, I totally forgot to clean my oven. I'm like, I'm like dang it. Um, so, yeah, it's my, my oven's destroyed. Uh, <laughs> have I given up baking? No. I made vegan millionaire shortbread uh, with vegan caramel sauce. And it came out amazingly well i gave it to four different households because i had to get them like out of my house because i was like i had six i had six like an hour and i'm like yo i need to get these out because i'm going to eat all of them um so so and they they came out amazing you know they they came out very good uh i don't know what i'm doing wrong with this oreo cheesecake i'm struggling but uh i'll figure it out eventually you know, it's, it's, all, it's all you can do in life, right? You just got to keep moving forward. You just got to keep tra- trying new things. Just keep grinding it out. At John Rush 32 uh, big good Charlotte fan as well as John Rush. Uh, check out some <laughs> of his videos and photos and uh, keep interacting with him because he loves to hear from people. John, thanks for doing this, pal. Uh, I cannot wait to talk next week as we get ready for hopefully teeing up a great cup for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. If not, we have got a whole lot of questions to try and figure out what the heck went wrong. So either way, it's going to be a, a very good time chatting with you. So thanks for doing this, and we'll chat again next week. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to see what happens this weekend and and excited for a chat next week. I hope to see you on TV. That's the only thing I'm hoping for. Yeah, no, uh, we'll see. We'll see if we can make it happen. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings only on Country 107.